All right, y'all, we know the kickoff times, TV information, and dates for the CSU 2023 football schedule now. We're going to dive into that. I'm going to give some thoughts on it all. My initial reaction, pretty good schedule, a lot of night games, but that's good for exposure. We'll get into it momentarily, but real quick, watch 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news, stream live TV from any device, and watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price with Fubo TV. You can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial, no contract, no cable, no hassle, just sign up and start watching. 1,000 hours of cloud DVR is included at no extra charge, that's a huge hookup. Plus, it's just the most convenient way to watch your local teams while you're traveling. Maybe you're trying to keep up with the WNBA, uh, the NHL draft, the PGA championship, whatever you're into. It's easiest when you use Fubo TV with the Nuggets finals run coming up. You're not going to want to miss out. Watch the Nuggets on ABC with Fubo TV. Go to www.fubotv.com DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. While you're watching the Nuggets, maybe you're in your living room kicking back with a few homies, your family, something like that. Maybe you're at the DNVR bar. The best way to do it is with an ice cold Breck brew in hand. Breckenridge Brewery has a beer for any occasion. They've been doing it for the past 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy, and they offer a variety that's going to satisfy everyone. You can't go wrong with just the classic Avalanche Amber Ale. You certainly can't go wrong with a good company hard seltzer, or uh, the Summer Shandy is one of my personal favorites. Just picked up a case of that. Perks of the girlfriend working for Breckenridge Brewery. I know firsthand just how rad they are. Anyways, check out the Breck Beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. All right, all right, all right. Starting with week one, the Rams will host Washington State on September 2nd. That will be a 5 p.m. kickoff, and it will air on CBS Sports Network. There was some smoke, thanks to Brent McMurphy last week that this game could potentially be on CBS itself at 1 p.m. And from an exposure standpoint, that obviously would have been really cool. Anytime you can be on one of those three-letter networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, etc., that's a great opportunity to get some eyeballs on your team that wouldn't typically be tuned in. Having said all that, though, there's nothing wrong with being on CBS Sports Network. It's nationally televised, 5 p.m. You're still going to have plenty of eyeballs tuned in. As far as the temperature goes, it's going to be much more pleasant for the people in the stands. A 1 p.m. kickoff at that time of the year, you're very likely going to be in the 90s. So on the turf, the, the temperature would be well over 100 degrees. The students would have baked and not the way that they typically do. hey But I really do think this is a big win for the home fans. I think this is when you should be playing the night games is September, even October, November. That's when you should be having 1 p.m. games. So I'm pretty satisfied with the way that this week one matchup ended up playing out. It's going to be interesting to see how the Rams handle Washington State. You know, they really got torched through the air. Cam Ward is back. Washington State added a couple of Mountain West transfers, actually a wide receiver, a couple of guys that I was hoping CSU might be able to sign. Kyle Williams, really dynamic wide receiver that starred for UNLV last year. They also got Josh Kelly out of Fresno State. Both of those guys are pretty dynamic playmakers. Fortunately, it all worked out for CSU being able to land Dylan Goffney at a SMU. But I think this matchup is going to be really interesting for a lot of different reasons. Defensively, CSU is going to be a lot more solid than the team that the, the Cougars went against in early September last year. Offensively, you're hoping it'll be night and day. 
though you don't want to get too carried away with your expectations, especially in week one. But I do like the fact that you get an opportunity to square off against a quality power five opponent at home instead of, you know, opening at the big house and just getting trounced. You're playing a team that is a little bit more comparable competitively. If you win, that's awesome. It feels great. It feels like a moment. But if you lose, so long as you don't get blown out, it doesn't feel like a gut punch the same way losing to maybe Vanderbilt felt like or certainly getting your teeth kicked in by South Dakota State at home on national TV. And then from there, you have two weeks to prepare for CU, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Uh, All-time CSU Washington State 1-1, the Rams victory obviously being the 48-45 thriller in the 2013 New Mexico Bowl, one of the most exciting college football games of all time. Maybe we can recapture some of that energy 10 years later. All right, moving on. Week three, CSU has the early bye week two, which challenging in terms of having to play 11 straight games. Don't really love that. But if you are going to have an extra week to prepare for someone, might as well be a rival. Might as well be CU or Air Force. That would be great, just given the wonkiness of their offense. Wyoming, you wouldn't hate that. You just want it to go to good use. And in this situation, I think it is. CU, they open against TCU, coming off of that national championship appearance. Then they host Nebraska the week before, so you're going to have two weeks of film to look at. But the thing that I just keep coming back to is the fact that I think the Buffs are going to overlook the Rams. How could they not? You're opening against TCU, and then you play Nebraska. We already see on social media how much stock they're putting into that matchup. I haven't seen the showdown get talked about at all. First time they played since 2019, and all the talk is about Nebraska. And even after CSU, they go to Oregon, and then they host USC, which are huge conference games. I personally don't feel like CU is going to go into this matchup respecting CSU. And, you know, that could be a mistake. All time, yes, CU is dominated. 67-22-2 all time. The Rams haven't won since 2014. That said, they did win the last time it was in Boulder, 23-17. to That was in 2009. And the last four times the game has been in Boulder, it's been cited by an average of five and a half points. This is definitely going to be a hostile atmosphere with an 8 p.m. kickoff in Boulder. But the game's on ESPN, which is cool. National audience. And the Rams have a chance to go in there with a chip on their shoulders and rain all over one of their biggest rivals' parades. I mean... If CU loses that game, the possibility of starting 1-4, even 0-5, it's very realistic. Their win total on DraftKings, it's set at 3 for a reason. It's hard to make those type of drastic transformations, especially when you're playing a gauntlet of a schedule like this. So, for everything that I've talked about, I just like this spot for CSU. And no, the Week 2 buy is not super ideal, but under these circumstances, you can live with it. And honestly, this could be a situation where all of the pressure is on CU. After all that hype, if they lose to CSU at home on ESPN in front of a much larger national audience than would have been tuned in in the past just because of the the prime effect, that's going to be a really tough pill to swallow because if they start well, even if they start one and one, Now, all of a sudden, the momentum doesn't feel as significant, and you're going into Oregon before hosting USC, who they've never beaten since going to the Pac-12. 
if you lose the first two games and then you lose to CSU, all of a sudden you're staring down the barrel of 0-5? I don't know. I just feel pretty good about CSU's position going into this one. Obviously, the history says CU wins, and God, I hope the Rams don't get blown out on national TV again. We've sat through plenty of those over the years. But there's just something in my gut that feels pretty good. And I do think that I have some rationale for that. I don't think it's just purely foolish optimism. We'll have to see, I guess. But I'm hoping that the football gods send some karma our way, considering we got robbed of that 2020 game that should have been in Fort Collins, the first since 96. Though I guess in hindsight, maybe a blessing, because I'm not sure I could have taken the amount of of jokes we would have received from CU fans if they just curb-stomped an Adazio team. And outside of a fluky win over Wyoming, the results there would say probably getting curb-stomped. All right, moving on to week three at Middle Tennessee. Their DraftKings win total six and a half, so getting a lot of respect from the book. That is a program that has been pretty competitive most years. They do open at Alabama, though, so could be tough. Um... TBD as far as TV networks and kickoff time goes wouldn't shock me if that one's it ends up being a Mountain West Network game for us. It was on Evaca TV last year, RIP. Not going to spend a ton of time talking about this one. We obviously will more as we get closer to the season, but this could be an important game. I mean, if you're 0-2, the potential to still salvage a 500 non-conference slate would be massive for CSU's potential of making a bowl game. If you're hot, it's an opportunity to earn a road win, which is huge, but also keep the momentum rolling into the conference slate. But obviously, you cannot afford to start 0-4 again, and really, avoiding a 1-3 start would be so ideal. Just get some positive momentum rolling early. Belief goes a long way in a locker room, but it's challenging to stay confident when you start a season 0-4 and you're getting outscored 40-10. to So I wouldn't say that it's a must-win necessarily, just given that stage of the season. The conference games are always going to be more important. Theoretically, you could go 0-4 and still play for a conference championship if you ran the table after that. The odds of it happening, not very likely, just saying technically. But I really do think that this group needs to go at least 500 in the non-conference slate, just because... After years of losing, it really does become systemic. And for some of these guys that have been here two, three, four years, even if you do believe in the new staff and and what they're preaching, it starts to feel like, oh, here we go again. Jay actually had a great response about exactly this when he came on my podcast on signing day, talking about the four steps of being a winning football program. He learned it from Lou Holtz back in the day. And I'm not going to be able to explain it as well as him. I highly recommend you go check that out, especially if you didn't see that interview. Really insightful. Jay and I talked for like 40 minutes all over the place on the future of the program, um, his beliefs as a coach, just all kinds of stuff. He was awesome. But basically, the last step of this process is confidence. It's believing in yourself that when you go into another stadium, you should win. And it's kind of funny, but if you're doing the right things, if you have that collective buy-in, if you've got the right type of individuals in your locker room and you've elevated the the effort level and they have that buy-in and they believe in themselves, 
if you're doing those right things, you're going to start winning. But what I always compare it to is like going to the gym. Sometimes the hardest part is just getting going. You want to, you know you're capable of it, but you kind of need to see some positive results to really get things rolling. But once you start to feel stronger, once you have the tangible results of your hard work, it becomes easier to lock in. You see it. You see the process working. And it makes it that much easier to not only keep doing what you're doing, but commit even more. And for this group of guys, which I do believe is a talented group, I think this team certainly has potential. A lot of that will be dependent on the offensive line, obviously. But for this talented group, I think they just need some wins early. Get the ball rolling. Get the confidence up. Beating a CU, a Washington State, that would do wonders. But even just going 500 into the conference slate and not feeling like everything's a disaster, I just think it would be big. It's been a long time since CSU's been able to say that. The Rams have lost three of their first four games in five consecutive seasons. Now, 2020, a bit of a weird situation. They only got four games, but they still lost three of them. In the last three years that the Rams qualified for a bowl, though, 2015 through 2017, CSU started 2-2. Two and two. In 2014, they started 3-1. and one. What does that tell you? Start decent, probably going to qualify for a bowl game. Start 0-4, probably looking at a losing season. It's not always a guarantee. 2009, for instance, CSU started 3-0, and a beat CU and a ranked Nevada team with Colin Kaepernick, and lost nine straight. Mid-2000s were a really weird time to be a CSU fan. 2007, 2009, there were so many odd years. Anyways, moving on. I think you guys get the point. This isn't rocket science. Uh, Utah Tech in week five, CSU's fourth and final non-conference game. That will be Ag Day. It will kick off at 5 p.m. on the 30th. TV to be announced, likely going to be a Mountain West Network broadcast unless a local station picks it up. But lowly FCS team, not going to be a ton of TV interest. And frankly, that's fine with me. I'm tired of playing FCS teams that do draw TV interest. If they are that good, you should not be hosting them. In a 12-game schedule, you do not have the flexibility to mess around and lose to a South Dakota State, a North Dakota State, a Sacramento State, all teams who CSU has played in the last 11 years. I will give CSU a little slack on Sac State because when that game was scheduled, they weren't quite the, the powerhouse they were when the Rams had to face them, of course. But South Dakota State, North Dakota State, well-established. I don't ever want to see them come to Fort Collins again. I really don't want to see CSU play FCS games other than, I mean, I guess it's a cheap way to host what should be a scheduled win, but that's the thing. When you're playing those type of teams, it's not. This time around, Utah Tech, you feel better about it. But personally, I just think if you're going to play an FCS team, just play like Greeley or something local. They're not good. But you at least have the local interest angle, and you avoid, hopefully, the risk of getting embarrassed by a team who, from a competitive standpoint, would probably fare pretty well in the Mountain West. A North Dakota State, a South Dakota State, Sacramento State last year certainly could have hung in the Mountain West. But optically, it's never going to look that way, so it's essentially a lose-lose. If you beat them, even though they have talent, everyone is like whoop de doo And if you lose, you get memed for it. Anyways, that's my two cents on scheduling FCS teams. The last thing I guess I'll say is just that I want the vibes to be correct on Ag Day again. The Rams used to feel invincible when they put that orange on, and it's just become a mockery. 
I'm not saying you need to win quite like 2015 Savannah State, which was 65 to 13. But, you know, 2016 Northern Colorado, 47-21. Uh, 2014, I believe it was UC Davis, something like that was really comparable. Just win comfortably. Get the vibes right on Ag Day again, please. All right, moving on to conference play. The Rams will start in Logan, Utah at Utah State on October 7th. We do not know the kickoff time or TV info for that one yet. A lot of question marks about both of these teams, so I'm not shocking. Their win total on DraftKings set at five and a half. This game could very easily get picked up depending on how CSU and Utah State start. Utah State deceptively plays kind of a challenging schedule. Got UConn, James Madison, Iowa in there. They play Air Force early on as well. So this could be a game that they very well need to avoid a disastrous start. But I'm hoping that the Rams can summon 2017 vibes when CSU also opened the league slate out in Logan. One comfortably proceeded to win the first four games of the conference slate. It just kind of always feels like for whoever wins, this game ends up being a, a big factor. Like it ends up starting a win streak. I talked to Blake Anderson after oh, just the crazy, crazy 2021 game. Um, and he admitted that it's the weirdest finish he's ever seen, but he felt like that beating the Rams in that instance basically kickstarted their season. I just credited 2017 for kickstarting CSU's uh, hot run there coming off of the Alabama game. But this just always ends up being a tight, competitive game. I will say it's kind of bullshit that the Rams have to go to Logan for a third consecutive time. I know the situation was weird in 2020, but the way that this has all played out kind of sucks. It's been unfair. Life's unfair, I know. The Rams looking to extend their all-time series lead, currently 39-37-2 in their favor, though Utah State has won the last three. All right, week six against Boise State. That's going to be homecoming. It will be broadcast on a Fox network. We will not know the kickoff time until 12 days out. Worst case, it's going to be on FS1. If CSU has a hot start, for instance, you go in four and one, maybe even three and two, but if you go in four and one undefeated somehow, that game's going to be on Fox. Boise State's win total, eight and a half. As I said, when I did the pod, when those were announced, I would take the over. I just think the talent that they return offensively is going to make them really, really good. Uh, they lead the all-time series 12-0 against the Rams. I do like that it's going to be on homecoming just because you know it's going to be a sold-out crowd. How cool would it be to win a huge league game on homecoming, much like 2014, students storm the field, all that. A guy can only dream, I suppose. My guess, this ends up being a 5 p.m. kickoff as well, maybe 6 or 7. I'd be surprised if it was in the daytime unless maybe it was on Fox itself and then maybe you can get that 1 p.m. But even then, you're still probably trying to satisfy the late-night TV window. We'll just have to see. On week 7, the Rams go to UNLV. That is TBD as far as TV and kickoff info goes on the 21st. The reason I like this schedule, the reason I think CSU has a chance to exceed expectations is their road slate actually feels pretty manageable, especially in the conference portion. No disrespect to UNLV. I do think they're a more competitive program. I think they have more talent than they did seven, eight years ago, a decade ago. But 
it's not exactly a hostile atmosphere. I'm a little surprised to see UNLV's win total is set at six on DraftKings. That feels pretty high for a first-year coach. But coming off of the Boise game and sandwiched in between Air Force and Wyoming, this is deceptively a pretty big game for CSU. It's one they need to win. It's one where you could establish some momentum going into those rivalry matchups. But you just don't want to be in a position where you spiral. I mean, I think CSU is capable of beating Boise State. They've never done it, so I'm not going to predict that. But coming off of that game, let's just say, let's assume you lose it. You lose to Boise. You don't want to spiral and then all of a sudden lose to UNLV and be in a spot where if you don't beat Wyoming and Air Force, you're on a four-game losing streak. Oftentimes, it's these little moments, these games you're not really thinking of going in that end up playing a pretty big role on your season because it's the difference between maybe salvaging a 500 year. Maybe you don't win all your rivalry games, but maybe you find a way to go six and six or finishing like three and nine, four and eight, because you lost some of these games that were winnable. So deceptively kind of a big game, not a rival. It's a team CSU's handled pretty well all time. 17, six and one, the Rams are against UNLV. They've won four straight, but you can't overlook anyone. And those of us that have followed CSU long enough will never forget the heartbreaking season finale of 2002 where the Rams lost, I believe it was 36-33, something like that in Vegas. That was the first loss that I remember taking and having it like physically hurt, being just emotionally wrecked. Seven-year-old Justin, BVP's final regular season game. It hurt. Not quite 2017 Boise State or Marcus Houston getting stuffed at the goal line in Boulder, but maybe worse than the 2015 loss to CU when CSU missed like three field goals and lost in overtime. The Bobo era showdowns are something I would like to forget, but tragically can't. Anyways, I've gotten so off track here. UNLV Week 7, deceptively an important game. I'm going to do an ad break real quick, regroup, and then we will go over the final five games and the most important stretch of the season. When you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Also, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, They told us they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, just exchange them for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. 
You can shop the entire collection at the brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall, a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also check out the Shady Days Memorial Day sale, which is live through the 31st. Go to ShadyRays.com, get 35% off all sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Cool, cool, cool. CSU's eighth opponent of the season in week nine, thanks to the bye, the Rams will play Air Force at home on 5 p.m. That will air on CBS Sports Network. This will be the first of three consecutive games on CBS Sports Network, October 28th, so Halloween weekend for the students, which basically means that if the Rams are good, this could be an all-time epic atmosphere. Or if they're bad, it could be a ghost town because the students would rather be out partying and you can't really blame them in that situation. Air Force this year, their DraftKings win total set at 8.5, which feels pretty high given the amount of talent that they lost and experience. I have the utmost respect for Troy Calhoun. I think he's one of the most underrated football coaches in the country, one of the more under-respected sports icons in Colorado sports history. I also wonder if in the NIL era, Air Force has maybe reached its ceiling under him. And I say that again, nothing but respect. But even some of the comments he's made over the last couple of years kind of indicated the same. He said a lot of odd stuff like that during media days last summer, essentially along the lines of, we really need to appreciate this group and what they've accomplished because it may not be possible in the modern era. I'm paraphrasing. But that really was the exact tone of his message. So it's it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, I certainly would love to see CSU finally end this streak. They have not beaten the Falcons since 2015. All time, the Falcons lead the series 38-21-1. All right. This is the toughest two-week stretch of the entire year coming off of that Air Force game at home. The Rams then have to turn around and go to Laramie on a short week and play a Friday night border war, 6 p.m. kickoff on CBS Sports Network. From a TV standpoint, you get it. I will say that it's going to be challenging both for CSU fans trying to come up from the metro area, especially it'll be tough, a little less so from Fort Collins, but still challenging on a work day. Even the Wyoming fans who typically have to drive pretty pretty extended distances. I wouldn't say it's ideal for them either, but this is all about TV, and it just kind of is what it is in that situation. You want as many games to be televised as possible. You want the national exposure. You got to work with what the networks want. And while this maybe is not going to be the most ideal situation for the people attending in person. It still should be an epic atmosphere on a Friday night. This rivalry game is special, and you'll probably have more eyes tuned in on a national basis with the Friday night kick than you would on Saturday uh, in November when you're going to be competing with a lot more games. Wyoming's win total on DraftKings set at 6.5, which feels appropriate. They return a great offensive line. They return a lot defensively. Kind of a question with what type of offense they'll be able to produce. Uh, All-time, CSU leads the series 58-50-5, but the Pokes have made substantial ground on the Rams over the last decade. 
Moving on, we've got San Diego State at home on November 11th. That will be a 5 p.m. kickoff on CBS Sports Network. This is one that I guess irks me a little bit. November 11th, 5 p.m. in Fort Collins. Could be chilly. Feels a little bit unnecessary given that it's not a rivalry game. I'm not sure there's going to be a ton of national interest in this matchup. But it could be worse. I mean, with a California team, this very well could have been a 7 p.m. kickoff, an 8 p.m. kickoff. Totally understand that. And again, much like with the points that I just made about the border war, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt to satisfy the TV networks. San Diego State's win total on DraftKings set at 7. Kind of like UNLV, kind of like Middle Tennessee State. Quietly, I think this is one of the more important games for CSU. Hopefully, it's to keep the momentum rolling after rivalry wins. If not, it could be to you know end a losing streak. We'll see. I just think these these games sandwiched in between some of those big matchups are, are quietly going to be very important for CSU's season. On November 18th, Nevada comes to town. That will be a 1 p.m. kickoff. TV is to be determined. Could be a local TV setup if the Rams are good. Probably Mountain West Network would be my guess. Uh, Nevada's win total set at three and a half, and I'd actually consider taking the under on that. I just don't think they're going to be very good. This isn't a rivalry, but it is a game that is always going to mean something to this staff, to these players that came over, especially the further we get away from it. It will feel less and less like this is a matchup that jumps out on the schedule. But you know the Wolfpack are going to have a chip on their shoulders, especially after the way they lost at home last year. They would love to come into Fort Collins and beat Norvell in the facilities that he raved about after coming over from Nevada. They'd love to play spoilers if you're in a spot where you're trying to compete for a bowl game or maybe something even greater than that, a conference championship or something like that. You know they would certainly love to rain on our parade. It'll be interesting. All-time CSU leads 13-5. Two of their five losses came to Jay Norvell, though. Finally, in the Week 12 finale, we have got Hawaii That is TBA as I am recording this, though we might get some clarity on that a little bit later today. Um, It's going to be on their Spectrum network. It's that that app you watch on your phone. It's free. The broadcast quality from a visual standpoint is usually uh, okay. Haven't had any issues with it. That is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, You don't really want to be in a spot where you need a win on the island. I've talked about it a lot, but Hawaii has one of the best home field advantages, typically. The fact that it's a holiday week and the players will be off school is a benefit for CSU. You can travel out there sooner and offset some of what makes that such a, just a brutal turnaround. I mean, obviously a really long flight, then you're trying to get used to it, get rid of the jet lag and all that, and then turn around and play a game in like a three-day span, typically. Maybe you stretch it out, make it more like four or five or six this time be able to have some fun out there, celebrate as a team, especially if it's been a good season. Guessing not a ton of Ram fans going to make the trek out there, but it would be a really neat way to celebrate the holiday. All-time, CSU leads the series 16-11. to The uh, DraftKings win total for Hawaii, 3.5, and, and I actually like the over on that one. It'll be interesting. It would be kind of funny if CSU and Hawaii are both playing and need that for their over to hit. I think deceptively, that team should make kind of a leap. I'm not saying they're going to be huge, but when you look at their schedule, I think there's four wins, especially with the inherent advantage they have at home. 
And on top of that, those players, they bought into Timmy Chang. They went 9-3 and three against the spread last year, if I remember correctly. It was one of the best in the country. And that was even after all the chaos and roster turnover that they had in the year leading up to it. So I think that's a program that's on the rise. Even last year, it's not like CSU just walked away with it when Hawaii came to town. But yeah, the last thing I'll say about this matchup is I just don't think you want to be in a spot where you're five and six and need a win on the island in order to reach the postseason because that's where that setting can be a house of horrors. All right, in review, we've got Washington State week one. That will be 5 p.m. kickoff on CBS Sports Network. Week three at CU will be an 8 p.m. kick on ESPN. Middle Tennessee, TBD for TV and kickoff. Utah Tech, 5 p.m. kickoff on Ag Day. TV, TBD, likely Mountain West Network. October 7th, the conference opener at Utah State. We do not know kickoff time or TV for that. Will be dependent, I'm sure, on how both CSU and Utah State start the season. Homecoming, October 14th against Boise State. That will be announced 12 days out. It will be on one of the Fox networks. The 21st at UNLV, we do not know kickoff info or TV. October 28th against Air Force will be 5 p.m. at home on CBS Sports Network. Then November 3rd, Friday in Laramie, 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. San Diego State on November 11th, 5 p.m. CBS Sports Network. Then Nevada comes for the final home game on the 18th. That will be at 1 p.m. TV TBD on that one. And then finally, the season finale at Hawaii, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. As I am recording this, do not yet have that information. Um, It will be on Spectrum, their app. I would assume it's going to be a night game since it's in Hawaii, but we'll see. That is all I have for today's episode. We will catch up on what's happening in Agland over the next couple of days. I'll talk about nice finish for CSU men's golf. Uh, We'll talk about recruiting some big time local guys who CSU is going after some other guys that are visiting over the next couple of weeks, all that fun stuff. June is huge for visits, but I hope everyone is doing well out there. Thank you for continuing to support my content. I'm really starting to get excited for football season. can feel it, but uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Much love y'all. Peace. Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on now.